0: First Pasek, uh, the second Pasha this week, and these are the journeys that the Jewish people took when they left Egypt. You, you okay with the fence? Yeah. So, the obvious question is, why does it say these are the journeys they took when there's only one journey out of Egypt? And we're mm-hmm. going to learn about how um, until we get to um, to where we need to go to. Um, we're still somewhat in Egypt. Till we get to oh, Beis we may be out of one level of Egypt, but then we have to keep on. Egypt. Still, compared still to, to, work to get out compared it. to when you get to tomorrow, we're still in Egypt. So that's uh, not it's not a uh, disheartening uh, statement. It's it's okay, on the one end. It's, 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 it's you left Egypt, but then you're not there yet. It's a good statement because otherwise you finished work. So you got nothing to do here. Right as we'll see, the the the, the journeys the Jewish people took in Egypt uh, from Egypt to Israel also mirror the journeys a person takes in their life, and the journeys that all the Jewish people took from Egypt to Mashiach. Okay, these are the journeys the Jewish people took when they left Egypt. The altar asks in the altar. The author asks, why does it say these are the journeys that they took, journeys in the plural, and then the verse ends, the journeys that they took out of Egypt. To leave Egypt, seems it would seem only to have one journey to leave the city of Ramses, and to go to the city of Sukes is one journey. So why does it say these are the journeys that they took from Ramses to Sukes, from these are the journeys they took out of Egypt. It's only only, only need one journey to get out, only one trip to get out of Egypt. Why did Torah call this the journeys? When it would seem only need one one trip to get out of Egypt. Well, the author explains, <laughs> The author explains that all the 42 journeys are all part of leaving Egypt until they camped at the Jericho till they arrived in near Yerichei, they're still, they're still still, part of leaving Egypt, not completely out of Egypt until you get there at Yisrael. That's what the Alt-Rebbe says. So the Rebbe says we could add to the question, the Alt-Rebbe, or find a parallel to the Alt-Rebbe's analysis of this verse in another verse. It says in the Pasuk that Hashem promises us just like I did miracles for you, I showed you miracles when I took you out of Egypt, so too Hashem says, I will show you miracles again when Mashiach comes. So the verse literally says, just like the days of your departure from Egypt. The days of your departure. The Zohar asks, it should have said just like the day you left Egypt. We left Egypt on the 15th of Nisan. We left Egypt in one day. So why is it to say the days you left egypt the explanation is <laughs> similar to what we just said before from the alt rebme just like we said before that until they got to israel physically they were still leaving egypt so too from the moment we left egypt until mashiach comes it's still part of the days that we're leaving egypt we're still not out of egypt all of these days are all part of the departure from Egypt. It explains why we're saying constantly on a daily basis about the Yes, 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 other discourses uh, point that out, right. There, uh, so therefore we say the days we left Egypt, because every day we're continuously going out of Egypt, or not out of Egypt until we get to Mashiach. Comes. So we're, we're, this is another day where we're further going out of Egypt, we're journeying further out of Egypt today, farther than we were yesterday. Until we get to Meshiach. I'm fine. Just I forgot my computer, my wife is on her way to Alright. She still have your, your, your mind's computer. Yes, I have my mind's computer I'm still working. Okay good. <laughs> this is also alluded to in what the Rebbe writes in Kutera, he says that all the 42 journeys are part of the departure from Egypt. And he adds, Until they camped in the Jericho. Although the Rebbe, on the surface is not talking about the coming of Mashiach, however, the Rebbe alludes to the coming of Mashiach. Because he says the Jericho. What's the meaning of the word Jericho? Yirichai. The word Yeriche comes from the word fragrance. It says Hashem will give Mashiach the sense of the fear of Hashem, the fragrance, if you will, of the fear of Hashem. So the the city of Yeriche represents the revelation of the coming of Mashiach, when Hashem will give Mashiach this uh, this fragrance. What exactly is this fragrance about? It says in the Torah, V'leilu of the Mashiach will not need to use his eyes or his mind to judge people. Rather, he'll be able to sniff uh, and just with his sense. He'll be able to know what's going on. So the, the, the city of Yerichai represents the heightened uh, level of reverence for Hashem that Mashiach will experience, and through Mashiach all the Jewish people. So when, when the altar says that you're not out of Egypt until you get to Yerichai, He's alluding to the fact that you're not out of Egypt until you get to the time when there will be Mashiach, and Mashiach will have this this um, sense of the fear of Hashem, which will empower him to judge people without without a court, without without, without uh, learning and knowing, and just just with this 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 um, sense. Uh, so, the, when the altar says that until we get to Yerichai, we're not out of Egypt, the altar is also alluding to the fact that until Mashiach comes, uh, we're not yet out of Egypt. Until we, we complete all the service of the Jewish people from the moment we left Egypt until, until the complete and true redemption through Mashiach, we're not yet out of Egypt. That's that's the, how the altar alludes to this, this same teaching. Okay, base. You follow so far? You with me? Yeah. The Baal Shemtim says that the 42 journeys that we had when we left Egypt, these 42 journeys also happen in the person's life. Every person in their life also has 42 journeys. What's the first journey? What's the first trip? that you take the first journey you have is leaving from Gan Eden leaving from heaven and coming to the world well, actually not leaving from, from Gan Eden the first journey, ever says, is when you come out of your mother's stomach you're leaving a situation of limitation and now you are leaving Egypt you're now becoming your person you're now becoming your own, your own man that's the first journey and throughout your life, there are other journeys. Until you reach the Jericho, what does that mean? That means you have your personal spiritual perfection in your life until the all, all the Jewish people have... Forty-two journeys, and the world has forty-two journeys, and the world ascends to where it needs to be for Mashiach to come. So you have in your life personally forty-two journeys. Everyone has forty-two journeys till they get to their yirichei, to their, to their perfection, and so to all the Jewish people in the world also has forty-two journeys until we get to the coming Mashiach. Until the revelation of Mashiach will come down into this world in a way that we could see it speedily in our days. That's the uh, that's the similarity of our lives to the journeys out of Egypt. Okay. But uh, Yonatan's wondering, okay, there's lots of journeys that uh, God wanted me to take, and there's other journeys that I wanted to take. I went off, off the road. <laughs> That doesn't ever does, does mention this in this discourse, but um, another another uh, several talks that Rabbi Ab speaks about this question. I suppose the taste is good and the fragrance <laughs> <laughs> It says that we left Egypt. Rashi says, um, Hashem told um, uh, the, the purpose of recounting. Rashi says all the journeys that we took is that we should recognize God's kindness. And so Rashi gives an example of a father tells a son, "Hey, here, my son, we have slept." Here's where it was cold, and here's where you hurt your head, etc. So the Rebbe explains that the events of uh, here's where we slept refers to our first step out of Egypt, and where we slept slept in the night, and and then where you bumped your head or you hurt your head refers to all the mistakes you made, and not just the mistakes that Jewish people made then when they left Egypt. The altar the Rashi adds the word etc. What does etc. mean? Etc. means all the things that we'd rather say, etc., about, not talk about. You know, All, all the things <laughs> that, that we made our own personal mistakes and we said, like, one second, I'm not on God's uh, journey anymore. I went off on my own journey. So Hashem tells us, made a making a mistake. That's also part of the journeys that you left Egypt, even the ones you think that you took by yourself. They're also part of the journey also part of the the trip that you need of where you needed to go to to uh get the, to get to your personal perfection and the world's perfection what, what's so interesting to me is, is is the essence of the smell because on a biological basis amoeba the lowest forms of uh, animate life they have no lives you know um but they do have chemo receptors they have a sense of you bump into something it's either an enemy or it's food. And if you think about your own sense of smell, if you open the door of the refrigerator and the milk's gone bad, you can smell it, right? You're talking about a few molecules drifting from the milk into your nose, up to your brain, like that. So when you're aware of something from the sense of smell, it's really it's yeah, the most sensitive of all. Did you, you see know? that story I posted about the difference between a spider and an ant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. 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 Kind of same thing, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. All right. We can connect this idea of how the 42 journeys happen in every person's life with a, a verse. It says in the Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote their, literally, their going out for their journeys. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down all the places that we've left to for their journeys. That's a simple... Translation of the the verse. wrote all the places that we left to go on journeys. When it says that Meishah wrote it down, it says, he wrote down their going out, their departures, for their journeys. But then, the next verse says, and these are their journeys for their departures. So first it says, these are their departures for their journeys. Or, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote their departures for their journeys. And then it wrote, here are their journeys for their departures. What's going on over here? So, the, the explanation is, the meaning of departure refers to, the, the place of departure refers to the source of the soul. The source of all the souls of the Jewish people. It says that when Sheikh will come, will be like the source of water, that never ceases, that the water never stops. will be like a source of water whose water always flows. So, the source of the souls of Israel, the source of the Jewish, of all souls, comes from a lofty place in heaven. And from that place, a ray of godliness descends to us in this world and empowers us to ascend from below to above. So, there's a departure. We're going out of our source. Why are we going out of our source? in order to go on a journey. In other words, Hashem wants us to go on a journey. The journey is that we should make a move, that we should change where we are to go to a different place, that we should ascend. How are we able to ascend? Because Hashem gives us something from our divine source. Because of our divine source, because of who we really are, because of our core, because of our nishama, and because of the light that Hashem gives us from the, our source, that's where we're able to take a journey. That's what the al Rebbe says. So, Therefore, the Pasuk says, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote their departures for their journeys. That means that Moshe Rabbeinu drew from the departure from the source of all the souls of the Jewish people. He drew from there to this world, to us. He brought down a ray of of the source of our neshama to us. And that allows us to journey. That allows us to ascend. In other words, there's something of the light of the neshama that we need to do the journey. Like it says in the the, the, Gemara, they'll have to swear to be attacked before coming to this world. And Chassidus says, not just you making an oath, it's that Hashem soups you up with with energy to be able to do your mission. So, Maish writing down our departures for our journeys means Maish drew down into all souls what they need from their source to journey to ascend. That's the first verse. Then the verse says, and these are their journeys to their departures. What does that mean? That means we now ascend, where are we going to? We're going back to our source. So, Hashem gives us energy from the source of our neshama. In our, in our bodies, in, in this world, and now this allows us to, uh, to go back to our source. By the way, this idea of having a divine source of goodness and holiness and being conscious of it, I think um, just like realizing that you have this divine purity in you opens a channel to your divine source. The moment you think like you don't have that and you're like, you cut off from it and you think that you're... Ichi yeah, and right, terrible. The, the you, fragrance of Gan Eden, uh, right. The if, if you don't, if you don't feel that you have the fragrance of Gan Eden in you, so then you you you, you, you uh, cut it off. So the, the Ma'ish draws it down. But we have to be conscious, that. and the more you think about that, you have goodness, you have Neshama. The more you draw that down, the more you're empowered to to journey upwards. So this so this sentence and these are their departures for their journeys refers to the entire life of a person in this world from the first step, from the neshama descending, from the highest of heights, the source of the neshama. And then, as we say in, in the morning, and then we you the neshama you've given me is pure, you've created it, and then we say, and you blew the neshama in me. This refers to the neshama descending to the deep pit, which refers to this lowly world. There's no world lower than this world, and that's why it's called the deep pit. And there the neshama does its job and then when the neshama finishes its, its job, it goes back to its source. So the neshama goes from its departure to its journey, and now, and, and where is its journey to? To the lowest of worlds. And now the neshama in this world is meant to ascend back to its source. Okay, so... so the al continues to explain that there are two kinds, Moshe wrote this down. The Torah has two kinds of letters. There are engraved letters and there are written letters. The difference between engraved letters and written letters are is that when you engrave a letter on a stone, the letter becomes part and parcel of the stone. Versus when you write a letter on a parchment, the letter does not become part of the parchment. Rather, there are still two different things that are joined together. So too, there are two different... Two different um, levels of the soul. There is the way the soul is one with its divine source, There is the way the Shama is engraved and part of godliness. The neshama is, is absorbed in its divine source. The neshama is not a separate entity. And then there is the way the neshama leaves um, Tahiriyilah, leaves the level of, of purity in Dafni. In what do we say? The soul that you have given you have given me is pure before it's been created yet. It's not a thing yet. It's already called pure. That's the way the neshama is in atzilus, or even higher in Law. It's not created. It means the world of bria. It's before it's created, before it becomes a thing. Becoming a thing is like written letters. A written letter is 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 a thing. It's a, there's there's ink there. It's attached to parchment, but there's still something there. So it's the way the neshama exists in the world of bria, and it's a thing. It's it's a separate entity, but it's an entity which is in a state of total rapture and attachment to its divine source, like letters which are attached to parchment but there's still something there, then there's the way the neshama is even higher, the way the neshama is, so to speak, in the king's chamber where all there is is the king, that's the world of atzul, that's like engraved letters, there's nothing there other than the king so the the neshama descends from the state of engraved letters and becomes a written letter of the Torah so in order to draw down from the divine source of engraved letters, to become a written letter, that's what the Torah means when it says "Ma'ishabim" wrote down <coughs> their departures for their journeys. What that means is Ma'ishabim drew from their departures, from their state of departure, from their divine source as engraved letters, and he brought that down to their journeys to become a human being or, a, or to go to the world of Bria and from there to the world of Yitzira until they become a se- separate entity. And now the neshama has to return. And now, as it says in the next verse, and these are their journeys to their departures. These are their journeys to their divine source. Neshama leaves the, the engraved letters, becomes a written letter, and then it has to go back upwards. But it's not only supposed to go, just go back upwards, because if it just goes back to its original source, it's not, it's not really accomplishing much. Look, look what they say. It's possible that the elevation to its divine source That means that what we achieve here is beyond the original starting point of the Nishama's source. That means we reach a higher place than being just an engraved letter. We start off as engraved letters uh, in the world of Atzilus, part of godliness. We descend to this world, and then the Torah says, and and they journey to their source. So it's not just to their original source, they came before, rather, it's even higher. Mm It says... That the purpose of the soul's descent is for the sake of going to a higher place. You cannot say that the elevation is the very very same place where it descended from. If it just reaches the same place it came from, what's the point of it descending? You must say that the Shema ascends to a higher place than it was before it descended. Even the world of is still a world, even being called pure, indicates some kind of form. So when we say the Neshama descends for the purpose of having an ascent, its ascent is even higher than its original source. The Neshama is not just ascending to its source, the world of Atzilus. Rather, the Neshama, by coming to this world, must reach a higher place. Otherwise, as we went yesterday, if you buy and sell for the same price, it's not business. So if the neshama only reaches the same place that it was before it descended, you don't accomplish anything. And therefore, we have to say that the neshama doesn't just reach level of, of atzillus by its descent to this world. Rather, the neshama reaches far higher, reaches, because atzillus is also some kind of world which has a form, some kind of limitation. And through the neshama descending, it reaches a higher place. Okay, That's what the Rebbe says in say The in inclusion of the mimer, this mimer wasn't edit, edited by the Rebbe. And so it's uh, those who put the mimer together are uh, have a little uh, difficulty understanding exactly what the Rebbe said at the end of the Mimer they give a few different possible explanations what the Rebbe is saying at the end of the Mimer is about the rule in Torah, not which means there's always a connection between the beginning and the end As it says the Book of Formation the beginning is wedged in the end and the end is wedged in the beginning, so there must be a connection between the beginning of a Kutta the beginning of the Book of Amidbar, and the end of a What's the connection? So in the beginning of Kutatera, the author bespoke about the counting of the Jewish people. What do you say of the counting of the Jewish people? So it says that uh, the um who is counted? Those who are 20 years old and higher. What's the meaning of 20 years old? So when you write the letter Yud, you spell it out, Yud and a and a you spell the whole letter, the word Yud, you have 20. So what is the number 20 about? The Yud of God's name is associated with the sphere of chachmah, which is the beginning of the revelation of godliness in a way that's not yet defined. Bina understanding is where there's a definition that can feed into feelings. but as things are in the state of Chachmah, there's no there's no um, understanding yet. It's just a flash of insight like like in our lives we have a flash of insight before, you could um, you could you could assimilate it and process it. So the idea of counting the Jewish people from the age of twenty years old, twenty means where the revelation of chachma, the the revelation of of uh, the wisdom of godliness Meaning, there's a revelation of Hashem's truth. As Alterbe said, he heard from the Maggid that chachma is a place that there it's revealed how Hashem is alone and nothing besides Him. So chachma is a revelation of hashem's truth that's the meaning of 20. that there's a full revelation of chachma but not yet in bina it's not yet letter hate hey, letter yud yud is 20. The as yud is spelled out yud involved that means a full revelation of chachma it's not at all associated with anything that could be understood and inspire feelings it's just a full revelation that yud that revelation is close to the revelation in Keser. Keser literally means the crown. That means it refers to the, the transcendent revelation, which is beyond the world of Atzalus. So when it says in the Torah, you should count everyone from 20 and up to their skulls, to their heads. So what that means is, is that when you're 20 years old, when you have the full revelation of chokhmah, when you have 20, Yud equals 20, so that's close to skull, that's close to the level of Keser. That's what the altar talks about in the beginning of the Torah. So the Torah says that you should lift up that to the Jewish people. That I means they should be, even though the level of Chachma, again, it's a revelation of Hashem is alone, nothing besides him. Nevertheless, that should be lifted to a higher level. And how is the Shema reaching a higher level? It's specifically by going to this world doing Tere So just like in the beginning of the Torah, the altar speaks about how the descent of the soul in the body is what allows it to reach a higher level. So, to the end of the Torah, the author also says over here as well that, uh, that the neshama's descend in this world is for the purpose of reaching a, a, um, a higher level. The author mentioned over there in the beginning of the Qudatera that um, the Nishama source um, is limited. And only by descending to this world, the is able to reach a, uh, a higher revelation. So, too, with the end of the he has a similar idea, that it's precisely by the Nishama's descent in this world that we're able to reach uh, even not, not just our source, but even higher than the source. And that's the end of the mimer. Any questions, comments? Zavkash doesn't talk on Monday mornings. No way. Even though it's getting closer to his favorite month. L'chaim, l'chaim. A great day. a great day.